Welcome to Soul Practice, a podcast featuring raw conversations about our crazy world and real practices that keep us grounded deep in our souls. Soul Practice, Raw Conversations, Real Practices is hosted by Kathy Escobar and Phyllis Mathis. Welcome to Soul Practice, Raw Conversations, Real Practices. I'm Phyllis Mathis. And I'm Kathy Escobar. Today, our topic is spiritual bypassing. Mm -hmm. And we thought we probably should start with telling you what we think spiritual bypassing is, because it's a phrase that's out there and um, we can't always control what people mean by it. But um, spiritual bypassing, according to the way Kathy and I use it, is um, using some kind of get out of jail free card instead of doing the work. (laughs) And that usually is some sort of, um, I mean, there's lots of ways to do that. You can, you can get an addiction, you can drop out, you can do those kinds of things, but we wouldn't necessarily call that spiritual bypassing. Spiritual bypassing is when you grab something spiritual or some kind of wisdom or some kind of uh, hopey, changey idea <laughs> or something. Hopey, and, changey. Or some kind of, you know, um, five steps to this, three steps to that, or some kind of life hack. When you're facing a problem, you grab for something that's the easiest thing to grab for. Mm. And so you do that, and then you think you you got it. Mm. When really, you don't. It's sort of like you come to the edge of a cavern, you know, like a canyon. Let's say you're, you're hiking, you come to the edge of the canyon. And instead of going all the way down to the bottom of the canyon and climbing all the way up to the other side of the canyon, you just kind of parasail over. Mm. <laughs> that's, the, that's the image with spiritual bypassing. And um, so we use spirituality in that way. So it's a sneaky little thing we do to fool ourselves and to help us escape the raw kind of challenge that we're facing in our life and in our hearts and in our own um, journey. I hate the word journey. In our own I know, it's like, hard because I kind existence. of like the word journey, but it got, it it got, got hijacked. Co-opted. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's what we mean by spiritual bypassing. And, and by spiritual, we don't mean... Uh, necessarily theological or God oriented or any of that. We're we're using both the, the smallest spiritual, which is more about our own kind of identity, our own soul. Um, but there's a lot of spiritual bypassing in the biggest spiritual meaning of the word spirituality too, like religion, philosophy, um, ideology, and and spiritual traditional spiritual practices. Hmm. It makes me think, I mean, you're, you're the first person that I heard use that term years ago. I mean, this is a long time ago. And Phyllis and I teach a, a class together, facilitate a class. When I say teach, it's, we do call it a class, but it's really like a focus support yeah. experience, maybe mm-hmm. it's a better way to put it, called Walking Wounded, Hope and Healing for um, people who have been hurt by church and ministry. And so uh, it's 
got four weeks in there of just pretty intense, actually. It is really, I feel, I feel sometimes bad oh, for people, too. but it's really good because it really unearths um, some things that people who have um, basically lost their way because of conforming to unhealthy faith systems and are just are really hurt and lying on the ground and want to get back up and want to have life again and want to break free of the things that really kept them down. The first tendency is to want to skip. <laughs> it sort of feels like it's a bait and switch. I don't know how people feel when they, uh, when they <laughs> sign up for the class, but there are a lot of classes out there and a lot of programs you know, to help people like, all right, I'm going to take this program and get through this, you know, and we say, here, take this for a course. And I wonder if they wonder that. And then when they sign up, it's like, oh, tell us your really bad story. <laughs> what have you lost? What are you angry about? What are you afraid of? And how are you going to go on? Like, and oh yeah, we're not taking you anywhere or yeah, there's no, we're leading you there because yeah. everyone said you're yeah. welcome to the shit. You know, it's kind of how walking wounded is. So just so you know, but feedback on it has actually on the whole been positive because I think uh, even though people do want an easier fix, somehow a lot of us know it's not how it works. Yeah. But spiritual bypassing in that sense is just so common and it happens all the time and just looking for something to make us feel better. And the addiction part is super real, you know, with drugs and alcohol and sex and TV and work and mm. exercise, food, you know, so many things to try and cope. And then on the big S spirituality, you know, a lot of times it's just people finding other faith streams, other denominations, other um, quote unquote churches or bodies to belong to that'll then tell us what to do. And so that, that part is super, super real. And I've just seen it happen so much. And I know, I mean, I can say personally that I kind of like bypassing too, because it helps for the moment. Well, and it's, um, it's kind of a problem because there are tools that do help. So it's not like, so we do need to reach for tools that help. And sometimes it's information. Sometimes it's just a little how to do this. Sometimes it's a YouTube video. Sometimes it's listening to somebody speak that, that connects with something and it is what we need in the moment. So it's not like you should never reach for solutions or reach for concepts or ideas that, that truly help, or even reach for spiritual practices, traditional spiritual practices doesn't mean just because you, let's say, um, go to the Eucharist every day, take the Eucharist every day, it doesn't mean you're spiritual bypassing. Maybe that means that's what's getting you through something, mm -hmm. you know, so prayer, any kind of practice, um, study, meditation, any of that, those are helpful things. But we can use any one of those things to bypass the actual work. And in my mind, the reason for that is, and you gotta watch out for this. So the, our mind or our ego, if we wanna call it that, we have a propensity to 
um, to synthesize things and to reduce them down. You know, that's what the mind does. It kind of, it expedites, makes things easy, mm. you know, and reduces things down to manageable little bits so it can understand things. And so the mind will do that co-opting with anything, even, <laughs> I mean, even you could probably co-opt going to an ashram for 90 days and think that you're super spiritual, you know, mm-hmm. and never enter into the deeper process of it. Um, but that that's kind of an illustration of why it happens. It's because our mind's just trying to be efficient, you know, and get this done for you. But there are certain real life processes that have to happen that the mind can't control and can't just fix. And we can't just skip over some kind of process we don't understand and we don't like um, in order to get where we really need to go. So can you say more about that deeper thing, that that cavern or that space, that 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 thing that we're trying to skip over? Well, it's probably some form of pain. Mm is probably some form of loss or fear or a pattern of living that's um, that's hurting you or someone else or some way that you need to break out of the way you've lived life up till now and things are starting to break down. So um, does that, does that make yeah. sense? Like yeah, pain. Totally. So, so it could be it could be a relationship, it could be your job, it could be your your mental health, it could be um, deciding figuring out who you are in the world. These are really hard and soulful things that need to happen sort of experientially. And so uh, we're so geared toward um, doing it from the outside in. So let's say, you don't know what you want to be when you grow up or you hate your job or you pick the wrong thing. And then you're like, all right, what do I, what should I do instead? Let me get on Google and figure out what would be the career for me. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that exactly, except that in certain periods of development in your life, what needs to happen is, is a rebuilding from the bottom up so that you know who you are more so that that um, gets expressed through how you live your life rather than I'm going to pick my goal by in five years, I'm going to be CEO of a company that I designed myself. And it's going to be about this because I want to be like so-and-so that feels like a good goal. Well, that's a pretty head goal. And um, if you're the, the real process would be, how do I know who I really am? How do I listen? How do I let, what do I need to let go of to be more in tune with who I am as a person? That's hard yeah. and painful and confusing yeah. and no one teaches us how to do it. So mm. why do that when you can just, you know, grab some tools, <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh, it's so weird. This image came in my mind of like a team thing the um, five dysfunction of a team, like Patrick Lencioni or something. And the two bottom ones are the same. It's really weird because the bottom one is an absence of trust. Mm. This is in teams. Yeah. And then the next one is avoidance of conflict. 
And when you were just saying this bottom up thing versus the other way around, I was thinking personally, like in our own soul, this is why so much of this conversation is so important is that it kind of is like trusting that our being grounded in the, uh, the deeper story, trusting ourselves like that, that is like without that foundational thing, you can't get to the other parts yeah. of us. And then that we avoid conflict. And part of the conflict for all of us is living in the dissonance of this broken world. So it's a stretch on those two things going together, but it kind of, you could probably put it in other models of the foundation. Yeah. And then we, we keep looking for the fasting mm-hmm. at the top, yeah. the lowest hanging fruit. Yeah. To pull instead of the roots. Yeah. And uh, that it's because it's faster and it's easier and it helps um, us feel better and make sense of all of it is making sense with this broken, fucked up, hard to live in, complicated world, yeah. I think. And uh, as somebody, you know, who is an, ultimately, I'm a positive person like that. That's not fake. That's not fake. I mean, I'm not saying it didn't have its fakeness in my story, but I just, that's kind of my bent. It's a core part. It's a are. core part. And so, yeah, where were there parts where I divided and hid and pretended? Absolutely. No question. But even if I try, you know, it just, I just don't bend that way. But I think after experiencing such a deep, brutal, horrible loss of my son and why wisdom in the pain and suffering and inequities in this world, it's not just him. It wasn't the only thing. It was all the other things too that had been building, 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 and maybe it manifested in that way is that surviving this world is brutal. It's a miracle. And we don't all survive. My kid didn't survive. And that was a piece of his story. This world was really hard. And he was searching because he wanted to make peace with some things. And that's why he was really attracted to some of these things. And I get it. And so I think that um, the article that I read, I sent it to Phyllis and I think maybe that's the only place I maybe mentioned it one place was in the Atlantic and it was called um, the opposite of toxic positivity or something. And the word that they used in the article was tragic optimism. Yeah. And that has really stuck with me because I used to call it hopeful realism. Mm-hmm. I think that that's in um, Down We Go or Space Shift. I can't remember one of those because I wrote a blog post about it, you know, how to stay away from cynicism and that thing that just, there's no hope to some kind of hopeful realism. But I like tragic optimism more for today because it feels like the world has gotten harder. I don't know if it has, but it feels like it has. At least it's harder for those of us who've been on top. Yeah, the white, it's the white fragility and yeah. the white, yeah. I, we've, we've, we've been rocked in a way that 
a whole other group of people that have been surviving without hope in our false little way um, have no know this feeling, but it's new to us. Yeah, That's I think because important. some of the structures that we're accustomed to and that we benefit from are really corrupted and breaking down in ways that that we haven't experienced before, like um, all of the things that, that are starting, we're starting to see that they've been rotten for a long time or they're starting to break down. So I think that's why it feels harder for us, but there is so much at risk for real. You know, mm -hmm. The environment is at risk, youth is at risk, mental health is at risk, healthcare is at risk, you know, who we are as a country is at risk, all, all those things. So it is- It's just a both and probably. Both and. and that's what we kind of want, want to talk about. Um, also is that we don't, we don't do both hands. Mm -mm. No. And that's a piece of this, this bypassing. Yeah. It's like, I've got to find a way to cope with the pain. Cause when I asked you that question, it was so weird. Cause my thought was, what is it? It's pain. We don't want to sit with pain and, and the reality of the human experience. Yeah. We don't, we want to solve it. And we want to feel better. And I do think it is confusing because we do need to find things that do help us make it. Because if you don't, then you really can't, I think, go to that horrible, existential, nihilist kind of view. Pretty easy. I don't think it's a hard. It's not a. No. Yeah, it's, not mm -mm. A hard. it's almost like a, it can be a direct route. And yeah. I know, you know, so many people are struggling with that right now meaning you know all those things because it does feel so um, hard but the tragic optimism thing really helps me because it is just understanding that this is the human experience and we better figure out the skill of doing that yeah. that's the thing so when we're talking about tragic and optimism that those two words are i mean there's two words i I don't know if there's a difference between them, but paradox. Mm -hmm. And in my business, we call that a dialectic. When you have two, they're seemingly opposite ideas, feelings, or experiences at the same time. Mm -hmm. And we, what we've engineered out of our existence is the ability to hold those two things at the same time in some in some way that actually enriches our lives. We, we don't know how to do that because we wanna, we wanna pick one or the other. So yes or no, are you gonna live or are you gonna die? Are you gonna believe this or are you gonna not believe this? Or is this good or is this bad? We are trying to always do the either or. And one core soul skill, psychological skill is, is um, learning how to make room for both and, mm -hmm. and that's not a, just a concept. So let's, let's just talk about this as an example for a second of spiritual bypassing. So I could just say, we need to learn to live in the paradox. We need to learn to hold, hold both ends of the spectrum. Okay. Got it. I'm going to just hold both ends of the spectrum. I'm just going to, and so when somebody else is really struggling, you can say, well, you just got to hold them both. That's spiritual bypassing because mm. we got the concept. Yeah. We're like, that's a good idea. So I'm going to tell myself, that. <laughs> I'm going to tell other people that and turn it into a meme. <laughs> that's spiritual bypassing right there. 
but actually learning the skill of holding. Oh, it's the worst. Whoa. <laughs> uh, we can't even tell you what the steps are in doing that because either, you, either you're trying to sh shut the world out or you're, you're crawling on the floor with the pain, you know? So it's like the actual skill is in your body mm -hmm. and in your gut and in your heart before you, well, not before, but, and then your mind goes, oh, so that's what it is. Mm -hmm. So you have to experience the thing you, in a sense, the thing you don't want to experience in order to learn the thing that you want to learn. Yeah. And I can say, because paradox has been a huge piece. This was like, you know, it is in all the material that I've ever written and it was all theoretical. I just need you to know. <laughs> it was all theoretical. It sounded good. And it, and it, and it, it, it had its place. It's I mean, I'm theory. I am not saying that I didn't, you know, it was not fake, but I will say since October of 2019, living paradox is brutal work. It's brutal, but it's so good too, because it really um, is like a way to not superficially survive, but truly have the juice that is, doesn't really run out, I guess. It doesn't run out. That's how it feels a teeny bit. It, it, it's like it, it is somehow rooted in this deeper truth that it wasn't like a grasp. Oh, I just need to figure this, how to grieve and live at the same time up here, up high. It was like, I have to hold the reality of this painful, horrible, brutal, terrible story that I don't want to survive actually. And I have to find a way to integrate this into my life with the other parts of it and not separate it out. And it's not two different, two completely different things. They're sort of, that's the other part is we do kind of binary it even. They're two different things. They kind of are all tangled up together all of the time and everyone's got them. I mean, this is just my story, mm -hmm. but I think that, um, the desire, it's just a natural human desire to figure shit out. Yeah. I hope I can use you as an example. I hope, I hope it's okay. You don't know <laughs> well, what you're I'm just going to, to say, now, so I don't know what you're going to say. Sort of but it's just been, I mean, my experience of walking alongside you since October 2019 and, and just kind of watching and sensing what it must be like to be you and that's only the way I can do it kind of is um I've watched you like when you do when you fiercely went ahead to do to welcome both not welcome but to just go through both the beauty and the brutal it's like I could you were your heart was expanding like when you let yourself do that, I could sort of imagine that you could almost feel your heart capacity getting larger to hold both of those or, or at least experience this side and then that side and then this side and then that, that side and how surreal that feels and how beautiful the beauty is and how 
and how painful it is in a way because of the tragedy too you know like what you know like that intensity of that emotional range just just was in uh, was just amazing to watch and it's a it's a that's an embodied sort of I mean it's not your physical heart but it's like your heart capacity is being stretched to be present in each of those and all across the spectrum without trying to escape one or the other because mm -hmm. it's almost like it's one thing to to tragically grieve and fall apart and just be in how that captures you but then on and then almost immediately this beautiful wonderful funny thing happens and then the moving back and forth i just think oh my god you know oh my god how do you actually do that and uh, uh the fierce like determination to be present in all of those that's a capacity like that's a skill that you didn't tell yourself i need to learn that skill you know and you didn't read in a book but in a sense i'm reading watching you and i'm like but in it's still a concept for me like i i can get um, i can learn from it but it's more like watching it happen you know watching your capacity to hold things grow um has been really eye-opening and awe-inspiring um, that's a bad word it's more like but it is awe like awe well it makes me think though <laughs> like this is part of it is that i i think we're all kind of doing it yeah and i think there are grades of that not everybody yeah. has to go through the kind of tragedy to yeah it's not to minimize because i do feel i have feel in my body yeah i do i do feel something shift has shifted but i will tell you it fucking sucks yeah and so that is why i do anything for a bypass actually that's how i feel and i could take one but i know that i kind of can't because it would violate something inside sure. yeah. you know but i do really get i get why we do and I think that I, I, as we we're having this conversation, I'm like, gosh, I never ever want anybody to think we're not doing it right because we're not doing it this way. Yeah. And this happens sometimes in soul work. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes like, oh, I'm, I'm missing the point. I gotta like strive more. Mm -hmm. And because um, we can strive more to heal. Yeah. We can strive more to be the best um, client, you know, the best uh, healer, the best recovery person, the best, you know, whatever the best is. And that it's in there because we want to get better. And there is something in this whole conversation about a letting go. Mm -hmm. But then, and this just comes back to like our one of our very first episodes with you, I think it was the second one about how the soul is embodied. Mm -hmm as part of um, the subversive soul, which is, we should really come back to some of those things because it's so core. It somehow is the embodiment. 
because when that is, I think the part we just don't want to be embodied. We want it to be in our head. Yeah. And we we're carefully trained to do that. It's and so, so it feels like it goes, goes against everything to learn in that way. Um, and it does. And so it's like, um, we're, we're making new roads. We are mm -hmm. inside of ourselves because we're, we have, we're letting go of, I can't make sense out of this. I just feel this here yeah. and I can't make sense out of this. I just heard this there. And so letting go of making sense out of everything and, and instead learning the secret of being present, mm -hmm. like, like we talked about last time. <laughs> they all fit like, together. It's like um, being present is everything. So it does, it re, um, rebuilds your internal infrastructure. Mm -hmm. If you can learn how to be present, give up the judging and the trying to escape and just be present with what your body experiences in each moment. Mm -hmm. That's one way to, um, to help not, bypass and not have to learn in the worst possible ways you know mm -hmm. it's like i want to learn my i want to learn how to be present because i don't want to learn i don't want to learn the hard way yeah well and I, I think as we kind of begin to wrap up i mean one huge thing is is that we are we kind of touched on it in all the episodes that maybe we haven't enough is we have got to be careful of taking ourselves so seriously <laughs> And this is a piece of the I'm going to take that seriously. <laughs> I'm going to seriously think about how seriously I take myself. So we have to laugh at our strategies. We have to laugh at them and go, oh my gosh, there it is. You know, there it is. And I, I mean, I do it all the time. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I just had to get lost in that for that long. And oh my gosh it felt so good and such a waste <laughs> yeah i mean can we just talk about religion for a second because i think i think that true religion is supposed to help you help you develop into a truly spiritual whole person mm -hmm. okay that's what i think it's supposed to do and anything that helps you do that is good the problem is that is that we co-opt that and instead of use it to do the hard things we use it to escape the hard things. Mm. And then it turns brittle oh, and so <laughs> toxic and weird and useless. And so it's not like the thing that you need in this stage is, wasn't a real thing. It was, but it was meant to help you do the hard thing, help you do the real soul work. And so whatever helps you, great. But if you're just doing it to go, God works in mysterious ways or all things work together for good or all of those things that we were taught to say, then you're kind of in trouble. You're bypassing and it'll catch up with you. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the, if you just, if you could just, if you just, whatever the blank is. So it's even like people say it with grief, if you could just get through grief, you know, if you could just, and those are so dumb. That's a good marker. Anytime <laughs> you hear it come out of your mouth or in your head, if I could just, yeah. or if I could figure out how to, yeah. those are two oh, big red flags for spiritual bypassing. So there you go. Oh my gosh. I feel like that's one thing about 
our conversations and they really helped me. So this helped me. Thanks. Me I mean, too. you know, I kind of have my free therapy because oh, every, every oh, yeah. Monday, you know, we walk and I just, but these conversations just help remind me they do. And we hope that that's what they do for you listening, that somehow, some way you can find yourself in the story and always, always like welcome to being human. Yeah. And that Dead. never, ever, <laughs> ever take anything we say is like, oh, I need to do that. So then I'll do this. Yeah. You know, like we're in the, we struggle with this every freaking day of our lives, yeah. but um, we are trying as best we can. So we're ending um, this ever, all of our episodes is just one last little thought for the soul and one practice maybe um, related to this idea of spiritual bypass today. Okay. Well, um, I'm struck by how many of my little soul things are actually practices. So, um, but I, I think that sink down, look at the things you're holding on to and ask your soul, am I avoiding something? What are you trying to get my attention with? What am I refusing to look at? What do I want to avoid? Mm. So good. I mean, they do. I, I think they always overlap. But on the practice side, um, the one that kind of comes to mind is maybe sitting down and going, how many of I, how many of my thoughts and things are related to if I just blank? If I just could blank, put this in place, do this, figure that out, you know, whatever that is, and just notice those things. Like what you are trying to just get in place. I do it like five times a day. And so I'm going to practice it and I'm going to write down my just because they're so interesting when I start to think of them. Okay. So um, thanks for listening. Thanks for being human with us and um, trying to practice new ways of moving in this broken, hard, beautiful world with tragic optimism. Escobar and Phyllis Mathis write, speak, pastor, and counsel, and are dedicated to creating spaces that foster healing and change. You can learn more at kathyescobar.com and phyllismathis.com. Keep listening to your soul and keep practicing.